0: The official definition of wine is an alcoholic beverage, which is made with the fermented juice of grapes. But for millions of others, it means so much more. It means money. For over 120 years, the average annual return for fine wine is 8.5%. It's a stable investment and doesn't move in tandem with traditional markets. Welcome, everyone, to the Buy, Hold, Sell Labor Day special about wine and investing. I'm Todd Schoenberger, and I'm joined by my co host and friend Tobin Smith. And we are both going to introduce you to Monique Soltani. She is a wine journalist and the host of WineOTV.com. Monique, welcome to Buy Hold Sell.
1: Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. I've been begging Tobin to let me on his show for 20 years, and I finally <laughs> made my way in. No, it, it, it is
2: true. It <laughs> is true. <laughs> I, I, Monique, in one of her lives, was a bartender. Yeah, my favorite restaurant, Del Frisco's. She, uh, you know, like everybody at Del Frisco, she was bartending while getting, you know, TV anchor jobs at the same time, you know, playing on Broadway, right? So I mean, she's not talented at all. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> well, thank but you. She, but she slipped into this gig of doing video <laughs> all over the world on wine. That's genius. what is What, a business. what and a business. to be honest,
1: I got my education at Del Frisco's. The reason why I started my whole segment was because I felt like if I could talk about wine, I could have a seat at the table people. I was with big wigs like Tobin. I wanted to impress him. I thought, I need to learn about wine. And he all is, impressive.
0: he yeah. is
2: impressive. He is impressive. He's an aristocrat. I'm already impressed. Okay. She doesn't have to open up her mouth. But when <laughs> it comes awesome. to wine, particularly, I was at a and g Steakhouse last night, snooty place in uh, Scottsdale. It was very interesting to me that, that, so I'm at a steakhouse. What am I going to have? Scallops? But my wife did have scallops. That's a whole other thing. I, some of the people in actually were ordering just like the most expensive one and i can that's tell that's just what you- they said no, no, was quite That's terrible. how they
1: ordered it? They go, give me the most expensive one? No, but they
2: were looking at this wine list. I mean, I just overheard them. And, you know, I'm a nose, no, nosy guy. anyway. Clearly. And, and so they, <laughs> they they ordered, first off, a silver oak wine. Okay. Now, everybody, you know, who's been around any type of fine wine know that silver oak was sort of the first breakthrough before the Barrett's up. And um, my family sells them a great to this day. And silver oak is a <laughs> structure bar- with a lot of oak. And when I was in a wine sommelier in Aspen, Colorado when I was 19 years old before Monique was even a glint and an eye of her father. I yeah. was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Truly nothing. You were an unfertilized egg somewhere. Um, I don't, wasn't even an egg.
1: I'm that young. I was, not yeah, okay. even, I was not even in the on the galaxy of anything. Okay?
2: Okay. So oh my goodness. We would have people come in from Texas. They'd fly yes. in. With, this is when the old business was really going big. They'd okay. fly in. We had the only temperature-controlled wine cellar and I would take out the most expensive Wines, but I'd start with I'd start with silver oak because the guy would always come in and say, "Hey, Talman, listen, I I brought Billy Bob and Jimmy Bob, and we're gonna get us some wine here, but man, it's got to be smooth like silver oak." And I would say, "Well, Billy Bob, listen for a second. Do you know why it tastes?" so smooth? No, I don't. Know. It's because they use like vanilla oak barrels to make this stuff and all the taste got sucked out of it. Uh, and, and do you like fruit? Yeah, I like fruit. And so then I would I would put a Camus against a, this and then, a, and then a French Bordeaux yeah. aged correctly. That's the other thing they would do. They would pay even that time like $100 for a wine that was only two years old and then they were going to drink it that night, right? Can I tell okay. you what
1: I did when I worked at Del Frisco's and three guys yeah. came into the bar and asked me which wine to buy? Number one, if they asked me, I knew, I knew more than they did and I didn't know anything. I just looked at the list and picked the most expensive ones.
2: <laughs> yeah, loved I loved
0: and- it. So let's talk about that for a second there. So yeah. on the investing part of wine, and we'll keep talking about silver oak there in a second, Toby. Yeah. But Monique, what are you looking for? I mean, is it is it the winery? Is it the people behind the wine? Is it a special vintage? I mean, is there something that makes investing in these wines? What is the deciding factor that makes it so valuable?
1: The answer is yes to everything you okay. just said, right? literally I mean when you're looking at investing in wine we're heading these topics like you like you literally just said you're looking for rare and ageable wines right so what makes a wine ageable you're looking for tannins you're looking for acidity you want wines that can age for at least 10 years right that's what we're looking for we're talking about rare we're talking under 20,000 cases and of course we know the big names right I mean Tobin can rattle them off since I was not even an egg in somebody's uh, vision of an eye because he's been around so long you don't need to tell Tobin about
0: the, about the
1: cult Napa cabs. We're definitely yeah. looking for that high quality regions, blue chip wine stocks, if you will, when we're talking about investing, but you're also looking at vintages, right? So if you're yeah. looking at Bordeaux, you're looking at, if you want to get the best quality for value, you're looking at actually younger vintages than you're looking at older vintages because the younger you buy the high, higher quality vintage, the bigger the return you're Going to get over say five years. So if I'm looking okay. to Bordeaux, I'm going to 2018 and 2016, right? Yeah. Uh, Napa Cab's the best uh, vintage in modern day history was 2013, but maybe we're going to look to 2016 or 2019.
2: Well, for th- th- that's right, that it, 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 that's the you know that's the other thing. So it's interesting, Todd at least to me is I had a wine cellar in Bethesda, Maryland, and you know I was able to build it because we were building a house, and I had about 2,500 bottles of wine. Wow, when, let's when, go, yeah. And when, we, when we were ready to move, there was, I had some big Jarrah I had some big wines, et cetera. And I had some wines that, frankly, as a Scotch person, uh, they were worth more than I would drink them. I was not going to drink a wine that I bought for 75 bucks, you know, 15 years before. And I could now have a wine broker come in and buy it for $1,500. I'm not going to drink a $1,500 wine. I mean, maybe a few. If they're Italian, I will. You know, uh, Depends I on who you're
1: drinking it with, Toby. long true. friend well, I, from but, 20 years ago. I sold...
2: <laughs> enough wine uh, to, you know, brokers that it paid for all the money I ever put in any of the rest of the wines. Uh, and that was because, as Monique is saying, uh, there's certain same things that sort of happen. It's always a guy. I, not many women I've met are collectors as much as men. Monique, I may be totally wrong on that. But the people who bought my wine were businessmen, but they were entrepreneurs. And they had built a business where they made some cash. And they loved wine. And then they went on about a 15-year journey to figure out what they really life. Because for instance, we would take people to parts of Italy that maybe you wouldn't know. And all of a sudden, I turned into the biggest Italian wine fan of all time oh, because, yeah. because they go so well with food. That's the thing. So one of the things on the other side is the trophy hunters. Right. And the trophy hunters they don't really give a crap about the wine. They probably don't even drink it. They just have it in their wine cellar. and I, So I call it wine cellaritis. Once you build a wine cellar, part of it is your investment wine and tell your friends they can't go there. And then the other stuff that's, that, that your age and you have it by years, and and all of a sudden you start to build up value. I mean, like significant value because of the rarity. At some point in time, my two thousand one Chateau Montalina California wine was worth a lot, but my nineteen excuse me my nineteen ninety eight Baro Quintarella was worth twenty thousand dollars, and and that bottle cost me ninety bucks.
1: Yeah, so, so you got to away. You yeah. got to sit around and wait a long time, right? There so a wait a long we're talking time. about at least ten years uh, to get that. That kind of return on an investment, right? And,
2: and, and, and you know, the other thing is, is the winemaker. There was only... So Amarone happens to be my favorite wine of all time. It's a oh, Italian yeah. wine. This guy, Carlos Quintarella, was the dude. He taught everybody else how to make this wine. I won't bore everybody, but basically... We're it's, not bored. It, yeah. It's made the same way that <laughs> they made wine about 1,800 years ago in Rome, right? Yeah. And it is rich and wonderful. And, it, and if, if anyone listening loves Italian wine, loves yeah. food wine, and go a, makes a great wine, Amarone. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Toby...
0: Yeah. Toby, on that $75 bottle of wine, if you're buying that, is your intention to just hold on to it, thinking it is going to be worth, that's good, the value is going to increase over time? Or is it just a bottle that just forgot to drink?
2: Well, it's one that, the one that I was saving. And then unfortunately, we were going to be visiting him uh, that year in 2015, and he died. So it's just like, uh, you know, like an artist. When Quinterella went away, all the, the wines were re- ridiculous. And again, right. if you're talking to the collector class, these are 100 billionaire. millionaire. Some billionaire folks, the the Koch C O C H uh, family. Um, there's a movie about him. How he bought all this all this fake wine. Do you remember that one? He, oh
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Charlie Koch. So yeah. so you got to be careful when you're spending you know big money. But it's just like anything else. And men are women collect stuff too. But men, when it comes to like certain things, cars, ex wives. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna not yeah. touch that one, Tobin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and booze, whiskey and wine there are trophy Chateau Petrus is the second most expensive wine in the world this is my favorite story remember the m- remember the movie that came out um, he goes up to San Luis Obispo it's got oh uh, sideways sideways Thank oh you.
1: yes of course
2: yeah I'm We're not right. drinking I'm any up in Merlot,
1: in Merlot. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but and, you know why I'm going to tell you a story about yeah. sideways after you talk about Petrus being mainly right. Merlot well, I'm,
2: just you this. I'm just telling you this Merlot sales went down 25% after that movie came out <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> But the greatest wines it, in the world are made with Bordeaux. Oh, right. Exactly. right.
2: And, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Chateau Petrus on the right bank in oh, Bordeaux is 100% Merlot. Yeah. How can this <laughs> be, right?
1: But can I chime in on that movie? Because I yeah. I I want, I have something to say, Tobin. <laughs> they, they cut out the reason he wasn't drinking any effing Merlot. You know why? Because I his know. ex-wife loved Merlot. But they cut that oh. out of the movie. Oh. Oh. everyone thinks there's something wrong with Merlot. Merlot sales tank. Pinot
2: goes up. Oh and no Pito one went it. like crazy it's
1: because of his ex-wife not because of the quality of Merlot oh, but impact yeah so that was the interesting thing of course these guys who wrote this movie knew Merlot was this you know and then Merlot had to do this whole comeback I did a whole story with these folks all over the world talking about Merlot and we called they did this whole month called Mer- Mer- Merlot Me in October. We had to like bring back Merlot which is literally like you're saying well, the greatest wine funny. in the world. Incredible, yes. right? Only
0: somebody from California would know that story. That's great. Well, or someone <laughs> who takes
1: their whole life seriously covering wine, Todd.
0: Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. You're right.
1: No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, I know. The
2: best part of it is yeah. that we, we oh, these tours that we do all over the world they, the, 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 the subscribers or money management clients of mine would pay like 10 grand a couple to go hang with winemakers you'll never meet, you know, restaurants you'll never get to. We'd go truffle hunting for crying out loud in Italy, which is, you know, by the way, when you get an Italian wine that the grapes are from the dirt that you got your truffle from, I know Monique knows this, it's like special. It's it just, you know, the terroir, T-E-R-R-O-I-R, it's Ooh, not terroir. Yeah, it's terroir. Makes a big difference. So I hope heartily recommend people, if you love wine, then take some time and travel to where you love wine, and then you'll just have this... This explosion that you you'll have for the rest of your life, and and if you love wine, that means you like wine. In other words, you cook. You're not just storing wine, and then you learn to cook with wine, and then the wines that are appropriate, and then you start to say, you know what? At the margin, you know, some of these forty and fifty dollar Italian wines that I get are about ninety five percent as good as the two hundred dollar you know the named one, and that's the other thing you learn is that for your palate, which is all that matters, is you'll find wines. And geez, what's the worst thing can Happen. You get a wine that's only really good, not great. Okay.
1: Worst case, you drink it. That's the worst case. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: right, exactly. You liquidate your asset. That's yeah.
0: correct. So so with that said, so when you have a wine like this, Monique, and you have a you find that wine at $75, like Toby was saying, using that as an example, and you would need to care for this, you put it in your wine cellar. Is there a specific? i mean, obviously the climate is critical, but how do you know when it's reached that peak value? I mean, are there experts or is there somebody to actually come out and say that this this is that this is now at that peak value or what do you recommend I mean, to people? You know,
1: peak would be, yeah, obviously it needs to be 55 degrees. It needs to be stored properly. Uh, okay. And in in terms of wine and storage, one of the pieces of advice I've gotten, if you have wine, maybe you don't have this proper cellar and you've been storing it and you don't know how to like, it's as long as the temperature isn't actually fluctuating up and yep. down, that's a lot more important than the quote 55 degrees. So if it's 80 degrees in your house in the day and 30 at night, that fl- uh, temperature fluctuation is a bigger problem than say if it's stored at 70 degrees year round right so yes proper wine storage is absolutely uh important but also just look to the back vintages to kind of see where they're they're going I mean at least you want it to be able to be ageable for 10 years right so if you're going like Tobin says and you're going to Italy and you're having this incredible experience you're meeting the producers you're understanding you have a love for the wine you buy 13 bottles maybe you store 12 of them you drink one of them on a special occasion and then you hold on to them and You can look to the internet to find back vintages and research to oh, find yeah. out how long it'll age, and you know some of them are going to go past their prime, right? And so you can really research that. Ten years is good. Sometimes after twenty, you know, forget about it. Now, oh it well, lose them. yeah. Th- depending the biggest on the argument
2: wine. in California is about hang time. You know, people will buy a brand name, a big name. Let's say a Camus, a big, uh, you know, famous wine. And I had I, I had somebody over dinner a couple weeks ago who's a big Camus fan. I love that when somebody says I'm a Camus fan, because then I always go buy uh, two other bottles that have bigger flavor and and are about half the price, right? So he br- brings the Camus. It's this is like a, a, a 1998, and I'm thinking to myself, unless you, no one stored this correctly, and then number two, you got to have a humidifier. You got if it gets too dry, the cork seats and sure as shit this thing was it was gone it was bad and he never conceived and he lives in arizona for crying out loud he doesn't have a humidifier in his wine cellar anymore.
1: yeah i mean i think if you're going to take wine investing with any seriousness then you have to do it like you do would do anything with any seriousness right you're going to get the proper storage at a facility you're going to get the insurance you're going to look out for wine fraud i mean remember 2010s when exactly half the right. in china were said to be of lafitte were said to be fakes so I source wine sometimes for, I love to buy these old vintages. I just got it, uh, my father-in-law turned 70. I wanted to source an old bottle from uh, his birth year, right, a birth year bottle. Well, I brought a master, psalm to help me. Now, not everybody can do that, right? Because she's like, hey, we got to source As it has to be quality. And not every vintage is gonna last that long, right? So- You got a uh, 70-year-old wine? I, I, well, we ended up going with a PX, a sherry, because of the vintage, we couldn't last, the, yeah, it didn't right. have the longevity. So again, they do become past their prime. And I did find some online, but she was like, there's no way those are definitely fake. So you really have to be careful. You have to protect your investment. But what I think the biggest piece of advice in terms of, if you're just like a regular person who wants to get into collecting wine, and maybe you don't want to go through one of these brokers, like, you know, Vino Vest or one of the others. yeah. Um, how about looking to regions with value? So when you think about value, you're thinking about how much does the real estate cost in say Napa versus the real estate, say in Paso Robles, right? Well, okay, let me use my, brain. It's a lot more expensive to buy land in Napa versus Paso. So you can find these high quality producers in these lesser known regions and get your quality per value. That way you go there, you taste the wine, you meet the producers, tons of hundred point wines coming out of Paso yeah. right now, uh, or these up and coming, you know, you know, you will maybe you want a super Tuscan, right. But that's too expensive. So you're going to go maybe uh, somewhere else in Italy. Maybe you're going to, instead of champagne, you're going to go to French Goporta and get the, you know, the best Italian sparkling wine that they make in the champagne. Method so you know I think in terms of quality for value you could do that but then if you really want that Napa cab you're going to look to these up and coming producers right not the people that spent you know they just bought two hundred acres uh on the Silverado Trail and they have a marketing team and mm-hmm. they have this because they're paying those people so that's going into the cost of the wine right, right? well so if you can look for quality uh in the person in the place I think that's where you're going to get the most value
2: yeah I, I, okay. I also a couple of things so my family is Barlow Vineyards up on forty four eleven Silverado Trail up in uh, uh, Calistoga. The, the, you know, we've had. I think I own like two vines there. I'm not quite sure, but uh, I think oh you
1: own wine? You, the, the,
2: the I'm, I'm, a, I'm a limited. I'm a limited limited partner. Okay. Uh, okay. I got. I juice the hell out of it. I mean, I get growers discounts, etc., etc. You know, I flash my business card, and you know, I get a growers discount. Right. Well, you can make your own growers card, by the way, and save serious money. Number one. Number two. If if the guy is, you know, from the tech world and he sold his company for a billion dollars and he buys oh. his, his money saying, you know, the, the best land, the, what, what, what was the one, I mean, the what was the most of uh, Screaming Eagle? Sure, yeah. Screaming Eagle mm-hmm. became a cult wine. And what a cult wine means is, is that collectors have deemed this to be the best. And if you don't own it and you have your collecting friends coming over to your cellar and you don't have it, then you're a big wuss. So there's no price, you know, was it 300 for a bottle, 500 what do I care, right? Just, oh, you, you wish know.
1: it was $500 for a bottle, Joe, but you're dating yourself back to
2: 1998 when you were absolutely God knows what, $500 a bottle, guys, please.
1: Uh, <laughs> this guy swoops
2: in. $2,000. Yeah, and he buys the vineyard for $55 million. Now, just to put that in context, we sell our grapes for about $5,000 a ton, $6,000 a ton, to Chateau Montalina particularly, et cetera, great wine, you know, Beau, the original guy, Chardon, that won the, the French contest and put California on the map, they would have to sell their grapes for $120,000 a ton just to make some rational sense out of the, the value because everything else is just is brand and it's cult. Well, stay away from them, number one. Number two, the guy who comes in and buys a place and then puts $25 million into building a cave. Well, it's a good idea to put it in a cave, but you know, there's some really great storage facilities up there like Frank family where we keep our wine and we don't have a $25 million cave, right? Um, Uh, those people also are trophy hunters what i find is is that with a few exceptions like anderson todd anderson built a a a cave but he built it into the side he spent maybe seven hundred thousand dollars there is a waiting list in napa many knows this to get underground caves built for like five years there's just not enough people who build caves in california well that goes into the price of the wine and you know and and et cetera don't waste your time there i mean i mean in terms of right
1: like i mean the wine's going to be good when you drink it but if you're looking for an investment strategy and you're looking for ways to make money off your investment, right? Start low, buy low, sell high. Look at me. I'm an investor person. (laughs) I love
0: it. I love it. Well, Monique, that does. So let's talk about that a little bit. So if you are an investor right now, brand new to this game, what am I looking for? Pretend I'm the novice. I'm looking at this. I'm going to you as the expert and I'm asking you, how do I get started? What should I be looking at? It's easy
2: First off, to imagine you as a novice in wine, So go ahead. (laughs) When
1: you say get started, do you mean, do you want to get started with your own home Collector, you just want to get in the market and get to one of these I want to, where I anyone wanna... can invest. Maybe you go I to want... cold wine investment. Like my good friend Liz Thatch wrote that article on Forbes, right? So they're starting, you can start out getting into like an investment fund, right? So you could start okay. out with t- $10,000 or up yep. to 700,000 if you're Tobin's friend. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and you can really own, they buy bottles, not percentages, yeah. right? Like some of these yep. other funds. So you can get in the game if you want to really get in that way. Um, you can also get in the game by starting your own home collection. Right, futures is a great way if you're familiar with the concept. It's been around in France since before, or shortly thereafter, the uh, Second World War. What it is is you go, you taste that wine out of the barrel. You you like it, you buy it two years in advance. You get it at a discount. You,
2: you pay up front. You get a discount of yes. what the retail price is. And right, like mean, I, I and the biggest I, again,
1: piece of advice is with tasting it. If you like it in the barrel, you're going to like it in the bottle. If you don't like it in the barrel, you're not going to like it in the bottle. So Premier Napa Good Valley advice. is a place where, you know, they do, the, You got it's an invite only thing, but you're tasting these premier lots made by makers out of the bottle and you buy them in places like Winehouse LA, you know, they buy them up, uh, Wally's, these kinds of places. And you can, you know, go there and buy them from retail shops and that sort of thing. Hold on to them and sell them, uh, you know, 10 years later, or something like that, if you wanted to. Yeah. Or um,
2: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Todd, my advice is, is, is on that similar, but just a little bit different. Try a lot of different wines from different areas and then buy what you like because at the end of the day you know whether it goes up 100 percent or 50 or whatever that's one thing but if you like the wine you know you can liquidate an asset every once in a while <laughs> it's so good uh, also <laughs> also the the new um Refrigerators, wine storage units are have come down in price. They used to be incredibly expensive. Now you can buy them at, at Costco uh, and and hold one hundred and forty four or uh, two forty eight uh, bottles, and and that's a good collection. You can put that in the garage. It will, you know, it's going to eat up all your electricity. If you live in California, you need to buy a solar panel. You know, so you won't I have be it un- on you- my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> <laughs> don't be like Amazon, by the way. Big report out today. Amazon has pulled all the solar panels off of their warehouses because, in 75% of the cases, they've had fires and they blow up. So I don't know if they got cheap solar panels or what, but don't do that. But honestly, you know, seriously, one or two of those containers, you'll get a uh, you have fun, you know, uh, collecting okay. them. The yeah, prices, the, yeah. the, the prices are all. There's a wine exchange for crying out loud. You can, you know, type right. in what right. was a 19, you know, 52 Lahinch uh worth, and uh, or lynch baj, I should Lynch-Bosch, say. Bosch, yeah. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, I, really. I'm thinking whiskey. As soon as I said Lynch, I'm just thinking. I got to be whiskey. careful.
1: I'm not going to correct you, Tobin. I know better.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I know Don't worry, ups, I will.
1: <laughs> I know
0: the.
2: Economy, yeah, yeah. But,
1: but the other thing, just in terms of yeah. investment yeah. strategy, talk Tell about, me. you know, I mean, think about it, diversifying a portfolio is all anybody ever hears about and yeah. regardless if you're going to go get your home collection and drink one you got to buy at least three bottles by the way yeah. if you're home collector. you can't just buy one two you need because you got to resell this wine to somebody eventually right, right. And whether you're going to get one of Tobin's friends or if you're going to go to K&L they're going to want you know three six preferably a case so they case. can resell this wine internationally right you want it to be internationally viable to get the most money for your wine right Interesting. Um, yeah well so that's, that's, that's a
2: great point that's a great point okay I, I, when I sold my wine half of the buyers were from China and and don't kid yourself you know if you I've spent a lot of time in China they are the most brand conscious people they're even more brand conscious than the Japanese yeah uh, and so all they wanted was the brand names money okay and they didn't really care what they were paying now they were going to ship them you know in a container to China and they didn't even really think about getting a refrigerator container and by like three days before I you know the guy come to pick up the wine I said do these guys have a refrigerator container and they checked no and and also, they, ever, like,
1: yeah. Yeah. they it, like numbers too. I remember I did an interview a long time ago. I think it was over a decade ago with Warwick Ross. He did a, a documentary called Red Obsession. And it was all about the Chinese palate and the, the, the need and desire for Lafitte, right? And the eight, the 08 because of eight and lucky. And that drove up the price, right? Price, so supply yeah. and demand principles apply, obviously huh. with everything and with wine as well. You know, there's only know there's
2: only about 300 right. multi-billionaires in China. Many of them
1: single Tobin. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I can make a joke now. Okay. Monique.
2: If you
1: know any of them, give them my yeah. number.
2: Monique, the problem is you're t- too much, you're too taller than they are. So they
1: don't Oh, we're flats. Oh, we're flats. I have two beautiful children. I'm a single mom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell
0: them to call me. Oh, my goodness. Guys, yeah. this is great. This is great stuff. Listen, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about, obviously, go down memory lane, going at the time of Del Frisco's in New York, and really get into a whole lot of other. Uh, talk about wines. But coming up next in the next block, let's talk about Monique's favorite wines. I mean, Toby, you're a big food connoisseur. You love matching wines with foods. I know, Monique, you got right, have some great examples. So We're going to get into that after the break. Please stay with us. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, Of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the Lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roose, a top-10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Welcome back to the Buy, Hold, Sell, Labor Day special about wine and investing. I'm Todd Schoenberger. I am joined by my fellow trader, Tobin Smith, and we have a special guest today. We have a wine journalist and the host of Wine OTV, Monique Sultani, who is telling us everything about wines, and we have her back for the entire show. We actually want to ask Monique. Monique, what's your favorite wine right now? What are you drinking? Whoa, what's my favorite wine? You you lead it with a Super Bowl question? I I, I am a answer macro. Holy smoke.
1: Look, I give this (laughs) answer. answer all the time what's my favorite wine the fr- last person I fell in love with because I fall in love with people I don't fi- fall in love with grapes so uh, my favorite wine right now I'm um, because I'm in love with Tobin and our old stories go. of the there past uh, is a wine that connects Tobin and I together so I first Ooh. smoked to- Tobin when I worked at Del Frisco's and when I
2: in was New there, I st- downtown New York I mean, in, in Midtown, Midtown Manhattan,
1: Midtown. right Midtown, after Midtown, 9/11. Manhattan. Yeah, I was. It was 2002.
0: It was a different so, time and so a for, different world. And, and with that, let's let's just for reference for the listeners, Del Frisco's is a restaurant, two story restaurant, right in Midtown. It's right next door to Fox News. And Toby and I, having a lot of experience at Fox, would actually venture our way over there after the show and have a really good time. And that's how we got to meet Monique over there. So that's where we stand. So go ahead, continue your story. It's September 11th. The connection
1: go ahead. to this is then there was. Was a 22 year old girl from Alaska and she and I started the first day and her name was Erin Sullivan and she Aaron was a great Sullivan. gal and we were best friends <laughs> and her brother was a model for Ralph Lauren and she said do you know bungalow Eight? do you know this I, I want to go where Erin's going okay I was a, 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 a former news anchor I quit to go live in the big city and I met Erin and we've been fast friends ever ever since flash forward to around 2005 when Erin ends up she was the wine director at Del Frisco, uh, excuse me, she we worked in wine at Del Frisco's, then moved on to become the wine director at uh, Press in St. Helena, brought on by Alison Yoder, another Del Frisco's alum. Around yes. that list there, moves on to Acme Fine Wines, where she becomes a general manager and sources wines from all over Napa. She meets Massimo Di Costanzo. The two of them fall in love. Massimo was the day-to-day winemaker at circle back to the one and only Screaming Eagle. So Aaron and Massimo in 2010 partner up and they create their first vintage of wine, And the label is Di Costanzo. Now let's get to 2022, where we are today. You can find Di Costanzo on the list at Del Frisco's, on yeah. the list at the French Laundry, at Single Thread, at 11 Madison. You are getting quintessential Napa, Napa cab from a family of two, four, if you count their little boys. They're yeah. charging $125 a bottle for an incredible wow. Cabernet made by a Massimo Di Costanzo. Again, was the day-to-day winemaker at Screaming Eagle, trained at UC Davis, grew up in Italy with wine in his blood, and this wow. to me, is my favorite on, because the of the right taste. Right, good. Gotta
0: first get
2: a bottle. Gotta get I'm Done. Wait, what amazing. was that? I said, I, said, I said. send me three cases. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, and Aaron said, tell Toby. I said hi. So,
2: oh, my God. I
1: love so, but what I asked Aaron, you know, what I've noticed in Napa Valley is the past two years, I'm looking at Napa Valley cabs that used to be 150 bucks a bottle. And lately I'm seeing 300. And I said, Aaron, did something happen in the past two years where now Napa cabs are $300 a bottle or is this my in my head? She goes, no, Monique, this is real. It literally just happened. And people are like, Monique, uh, Aaron, you guys' price is so low. You, you got to raise it, you know. But Aaron's, they really want people to try their wines. They're, you're getting an incredible wine for value at $125 a bottle. Now that is a wine I would invest in. I would buy I'm a sold. case of the yeah. Ferela Vineyard. I would hold yeah. 13 bottles so we can drink one. I would hold it. <laughs> for at least 10 years they're ageable they're incredible they're graceful they're elegant so Di Costanzo. and then they have a second so say label.
2: that again though say it a little slower just pretend i can't i'm
1: too it, excited it, i'll it, spell
2: it for you a deep hit of some marijuana or something d-i-c-o-s-t-a-n-d-o
0: We'll put it on Twitter as well for everyone. Uh, so those that follow us on Buy Wholesale TV, we would definitely have it on there, and um, with a link back to their site that, as well. So honestly, uh, make it easy for easy That is the ordering. best
2: advice you'll you'll ever get
0: because that was
2: collectors, good. Collectors look for pedigree. Then they look at tarwa tar- tar- the dirt. You know, where, um, one thing that happened in, in Napa that we all know is you know we, we had some big fires, and one of the reasons why prices went up was that they a lot of people lost a lot of we lost. Seven 75% to smoke, not fire, but smoke It came at, you know, at the wrong time. So there, there was a, there was a big issue. Also there was, you know, fires, which I would call basically crime where some of these storage facilities where, you know, shockingly, one of the wines that being stored there, the guy's back needs some money. And then shockingly, there's a fire there. Um, Frank family you know had that that fire so you take those two things and 2018 was a great vintage but 2019 not so much uh, so far what, what we're tasting so that was one of those things but but the other thing though when it really truly was it was the COVID thing people were at home, they had nothing to do and if you have discretionary income they were buying they, they weren't visiting the sites they were buying and getting it shipped to them and having like wine parties You know. I know
1: I, I yeah. know that they were doing that by yeah. they you mean all of us, maybe not Todd. I'm not sure, but when you say they, you mean us. Okay, we uh, are Todd one.
2: Is a, <laughs> t- Todd is a 50 year old virgin. He's just it's weird. I've never. Heard of oh, yeah.
1: so yes, they, those people, yeah. were doing that. Yeah. Those people with four year old <laughs> twins and nothing to do. Right.
2: <laughs> no, yes, I mean, it, that's good. So, no, it, it was supply and demand. It was economics 101. There wasn't course, that much supply, and yeah. there was a huge amount of demand. And we used to have. We were calling them um, COVID one tasting. We make, we make sure everybody was, you know, you had to be vaccinated. You couldn't be an anti-vaxxer, but thankfully I don't know many anti-vaxxers. And, My um,
1: goodness, we've down the COVID road on a wine show. I had no yeah, idea yeah. We're <laughs>
2: we were going to take this turn. We got more people into wine and we would bring our Barlow Vineyards wine over and other, you know, stuff. And, and it was fun. And, and you know, there's yeah. a lot of people who started, you know, drinking wine, tasting wine seriously, because what else are you going to do? I, I, um, yeah, but with <laughs> all
1: things, hopefully not with gas prices, but with all things, I don't see it going backwards. Right, so now they've priced up no. to three hundred dollars a bottle. I know you're talking about fires and we're talking about scarcity and we're talking about COVID. Yeah. You're not going back to a buck. No. It's just no. not happening. No. So I if you can right. get a value like Aaron's, wine, Aaron and Mossimo's wine at $125 it's a a one hundred twenty-five dollars a bottle.
2: So- so, I Monique, mean, at lot of $300 value. price point, who are the leading contenders now? Ooh, wait, what did you what, say? What, who who are the, the leading $300 bottle?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, leading eagles, contenders, uh, That that's kind the, of like the going rate right now, right? So, I mean, I was supposed to go do a tasting with Chris Carpenter uh, from Mount Brave Vineyards. He does really great wines, Cardinal, and some of those. And when, that, yeah. when I'd seen that, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's $300 a bottle, right? So, I mean, who are the producers in Napa that aren't the, like, big names? Uh, gosh off the top of my head I just gave you one you know I mean but he is a big name so to say well, but he, like,
2: like Colgan uh, Colgan
1: is it 300 oh my god like, I toured Colgan in 20, um, 2014 I think it yeah, was that, yeah that, and it wasn't me I away. think it was 450 back then so yeah. I don't know you know Colgan wow. is a bit. I mean of I I always said it wrong no. I was always like you know those but those are like come and gone I mean they're just too expensive wine lists I mean you got to get on the allocation you got to be I mean you can't even yeah. get them this is why I wanted to turn to maybe another region, which I discovered, uh, if you guys are interested sure. uh, in hearing about some of these other regions. Well, my-
0: we're, we're going to talk about the other regions and your travels, because oh. I know both you oh. and Toby are very well traveled. We're going to talk about that in the next block. But right now, Toby, oh. I just have a question for you, because every time I see you on social media, you're always posting fabulous pictures of these amazing meals that you're preparing or you're at someone's house and you're preparing. Here we are going into fall. For the listeners out there, is there any specific fall food? I mean, you think of Oktoberfest coming up. Is there a good match? with a certain wine it, that you'd recommend yeah
2: I, I guess i'm going to show you a uh, a, a cookbook toby toby cooking.
0: passed out
2: even we're doing this as a, as a podcast it's called the food lab food lab it's by, okay it's by j kenji lopez alt it is the okay. best cookbook i have ever uh, owned used I, the thing every page is dirty and you know covered up right fall to me then becomes braised Food and when I think of braised food, I think of bolognese. This guy's recipe for bolognese. I mean, everybody loves bolognese. Some of them are made very simply, which man. This one is just get a second mortgage credit line and then go out and buy all the ingredients for this and then make it. Make a gallon of. Uh, And so this the the recipes in this cookbook. I highly recommend it. They have it. This is at uh, Costco for twenty bucks. The
0: Food Lab. We'll put out a link about it on on uh, on our Twitter site as well. So
2: he um, I, I met him in New York. Years ago, he's a chemist and he was doing fried chicken at the up in Harlem at Roosters, you know what's his face. And then he got into this stuff and got into it and he applied chemistry to all sorts of just comfort foods. I mean, it, there's nothing in here fancy schmancy, but the ingredients, for instance, you gotta use lamb, pork, and beef. And bolognese, a lot of times they'll just use pork other dishes, but no, you gotta have the you gotta have the holy trinity of, of meat there. You need f- four good bottles of wine. The oh, way you yeah, four. The way you screw them because I'm I'm making, Love it. you know, a giant batch of it. You know, I, I'll, I'll sell a $300 bottle of wine and then I'll spend $300 buying all the ingredients to make two gallons of this <laughs> stuff but, and including the good, you know, good Italian wine. But highly recommend it. I just was at a, a, a wine tasting uh, over the weekend and I had recommended this to someone who we'd met before and they came in and they gave me a giant hug and said, oh my God, that was the best Bolognese I've ever had. And we matched it up with the, um, the Amarones, uh, the Quincy Torella and some of the other ones and they said we're not worthy I didn't post that Todd because I don't want to show that I'm like showing off okay but let me you tell are you. not showing off Tobin <laughs>
0: Tobin
1: not showing
2: off I, I know of all people I, I, know, I know stand up you just fall over
1: um, yeah you know uh, Aaron Aaron likes her wine paired with a um, beef wellington or maybe a classic strip steak maybe a okay. lamb something like that yeah okay, it's, it's super fun uh, pairings there Well, uh,
2: and a beef wellington also in this recipe book oh, is it? Yeah. easiest thing to do the key is the duck cells the key is is making those chopped up finely mushrooms and marinating them and then spreading them on and then you put the, the dough over the big thick filet mignon uh or a strip and it is one of the most delightful things you'll ever have and i i do extra duck cells because i like the duck cells as much or better than the meat <laughs> they're just so you know one and they're great i'm drooling now by the way I, I, you hear I the gather. rumbling
1: of my stomach or no yeah. This is like yeah. usually <laughs> just picking it up because it's loud and, and and in charge right but now, the rumbling is because
2: you have a 12 inch waist, that's why it's rumbling. It's saying, and I had help, twins help me, help me, feed me, do something. You're starving me. The uh, the but the, the, the beef wellton I totally agree. I made that for the for my wife uh, in 1985 when she came over for dinner who I had just met in Aspen, Colorado and she flew out I made a beef wellington and I matched the wines with it and I made fresh freaking mashed potatoes and something else. oh and then you know sauteed mushrooms look at you husband of the year 37 years later baby look at go. that the
1: secret to the woman's hearts through the stomach apparently it's
2: good to know and I was like 25 years old and, and I had my own house and I cooked so <laughs> I've been on so many game shows that i had all of the i had a china cabinet of game show shit that i wanted so and then she found out that i wasn't gay that i was actually a straight guy who had all the <laughs> all the china and all the white sex oh my goodness
0: that's that's amazing that's a great story Monique so so closing this block out though so going forward you said Aaron with the with the strip steaks and anything is there anything else I got yeah, all okay, kinds yeah, of yeah. stuff. what do you want from well, me I was well, trying to you give think? you more so, you said stop well, I'm, talking I'm, lady. German. <laughs> I'm German no not at all I'm German my big month is coming up in October obviously with Oktoberfest yeah. you know you got so much but um, I'm used to drinking beer during Oktoberfest okay, well, you know what I'm
1: going to give you a fun different kind of wine so I was like I got, got picked a couple different ones for fun right you got the classic cab coming from our dear friend Aaron and Massimo. But then I thought it'd be fun to go to Paso Robles and get a wine called a Carbonic Carignan. So what is Carbonic? It's it's winemaking style. It's a carbonic maceration where they're taking some of the tannins out. They're making a little bit fruitier. It's got a little bit of effervescence in it, but it's a red wine. They make a a great one out of Robert Hall Winery. It's around $45 a bottle. It's a really fun like sort of leaving summer, going into fall with that Labor Day weekend or if you like beer and maybe you have like one a little bit of bubbly, you pair that with Sushi, barbecue, tacos—this uh this is like a fun, new kind of hip wine that um wow. I tried when I was in Paso. And I was, you know, it's a new trend. We before we had the orange wine, still happening. Then everyone's excited yeah. about Lambrusco. Now everyone's like, ooh, carbonic
2: maceration. Love <laughs> so it. Now you can awesome. name drop that one. You know, Fantastic. I, I want to apologize to the people listening to this podcast that don't <laughs> see the video that's going on right now
1: because <laughs> well, what do you mean? Oh, but then if, if you want one more, do you want? another one for me or not
2: please
1: give me one okay. more of course so when I was I, I had I was in a region so I have to mention it now I hope that's okay Todd yep. so I was in Walla Walla and I discovered a region that I've never known about or heard about before it's called the Rocks District now if you're not familiar with Walla Walla it straddles the line between uh, Oregon and Washington the Rocks District is on the Oregon side and they call it the Rocks District for a reason they literally the, the are layered with rocks as if it were chateauneuf de pape it's like
2: uh, Chateaune de Pau. It's exactly like Chateaune
1: de Pau. Correct. And there it's 105 degrees. Perfect. The rocks are putting up this temperature and they're making incredible Syrahs coming out of the Rocks District. I would look for them for value for the next 10 years. I would also look for him as a really great big Syrah to pair with food. Uh, maybe one from Use who's the name there. He came from France where he was uh, making champagnes. He went to the Rocks District because he he saw it there. Another one, obviously, is Delmas. I walked the vineyards uh, with uh, Steve Robertson, who essentially Founded the Rocks District, so I would get a Rocks District syrah from Walla Walla. You're gonna probably have to get on a waiting list if you want the use and It's around $125. And box. how do you spell that? Uh, yo, now I'm really on it. Look at K A U. Uh, excuse me, K A Y U S E Vineyards. There's about 15,000 names on the list. Last check, which oh, is really? on there, uh and see if you can. But you can probably go well, to one of these other hey, places and get that's,
2: that's great. Well, we'll can, have that. on us, There's no kissing in the champagne room here, you're (laughs) We'll we'll have everything.
0: We we will have everything. Everything you're mentioning, the different vineyards, everything, Aaron's uh, wine, everything. We'll have all that out on our Buy, Hold, Sell TV uh, Twitter site. So definitely uh, we'll we'll have, make sure the listeners are well informed. That's for sure. So listen, so closing out this block right now, guys. Okay, so coming up next, like we, first of all, want to thank everybody for spending their Labor Day weekend with us. Uh, This is the Buy, Hold, Sell Labor Day special about wine and investing. And coming up next, we will be talking about some destinations to go to. Monique, Toby, you guys are the, you guys, it's so uh, well traveled when it comes to visiting these vineyards. I know our listeners will get a lot out of that. We'll also continue that discussion about Walla Walla. There's definitely more to talk about there. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you after the break.
2: Walla Walla!
1: Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American Maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnerships YouTube channel.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Buy, Wholesale Labor Day special about wine and investing. I'm Todd. Toby's with me as well, as you all know. And we're joined with Monique Soltani. She is our wine journalist and expert on all things talking about wine. Real quick, uh, we only have a couple of minutes left in the show right now, Monique. But is there one special place you go to a lot of destinations for these wineries? Is there any one special place? You're just talking about Walla Walla. But is there one great place that you just got to go to that you've already been, but you'll definitely want to revisit?
1: You know what? I just got back from Umbudsman in Italy and I've toured all over Italy okay I'm, I'm pretty I've never been to Umbria if you're not familiar it's the center of uh, Italy it's the green heart of Italy you're about two hours away from Rome an hour away from Tuscany but what you're going to find in Umbria that you're not going to find in Tuscany is a whole bunch of space because it doesn't have the tourism but it does have the heart what I love about them is they are literally like they're from another era they're the medieval yeah. times when you're there they are sort of you're transported and the reason why was they say they never had a renaissance or they didn't have a proper renaissance because during the 15 whatever salt war with the pope i don't remember the exact date the umbrians they revolted they revolted against the salt tax they stopped putting salt in their foods and to this day you will not have salt in the bread in umbria and the reason is they were uh, revolting against the tax so they are very committed to this, this heritage and to the medieval past, which is in completely incredible. The wine there is Sagrantino. It is known as the most tannic wine in the world, but they don't want you to say that because that makes them think people won't drink it. But I drank it and it's good and it's meant to be served with food. Obviously, Stanley Tucci went there before I did, but I already had mine planned, okay? So <laughs> uh, you're going to go there. You're going to go truffle hunting. They're very famous for their black truffles. You're going to yep. meet the most incredible, Incredible people there. So I just got back from Umbria, a place in Italy had never been. I'd 100 percent go back uh, because also the space. They just really didn't have the tourists. You've been, Tobin? Yeah,
2: I I, I could not agree more. It, it's sort of like the anti-tourist hood of it, Italy. You know, you go into a restaurant, prices aren't 3x like they would be in Florence. Uh the chef is like the third generation chef. His dad was there, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then and then the wine, they don't, you know, they, they make other they have other varietals there too. Of course. Triviana's
1: Valentino. Uh, it's a really great grape. Uh, it's a white coming out of there. Fantastic wine.
2: That's,
0: so know, that I is great. Has to
2: go, Todd, yes, that's right.
0: So, and, know, and Monique, we want to. That's right. That's right. And Monique, we just want to thank you so much for joining us for the Buy Hold, Sell Labor Day special. And we will have all the information out about Monique. She is the host of Wino TV. We'll have everything out on all of our social sites, as well as uh, obviously on information regarding this podcast. And we just want to thank you, Monique, so much for taking the time today out of your Labor holiday to spend with us and for our listeners thank you thanks
1: for having me i'm on my way to spain to learn about grenache and the mother of no. it. Grenache. love it i'll, so I'll tell you all about, about it when i get back
2: that's also one of my absolute favorite places both Rivero del duero and the Tempranillo area mm. that's fantastic i'm gonna name
1: drop you when i'm there tobin i'm gonna be like oh, i know tobin <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> es okay grande cabeza grande, <laughs> grande cabeza
1: but you got to speak it like the Spaniards, right? <laughs> Thanks for having me. What an honor. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Monique. Thank Trust. you,
0: Monique. Definitely. All right. Well, Toby, you've been, you're you're obviously well-traveled, so you got any special places as well? I mean, you've been all over the world. You had transformative research uh, visits to these vineyards. I mean, what else would you recommend to the listeners?
2: Well, I mean, again, if, if you are just want to be in the United States, I think the, the Pinot Trail up in Oregon and Washington is, is really interesting. I mean, everybody thinks about going to Napa and Sonoma. They have had such a renaissance up there, and they, they make a great Merlot. they great. Pinot Noir is very hard to make. You have to have damp weather. You can't have too much sun, yada, yada, yada. And I, I, I think that's a worthwhile trip. It's a beautiful area. You go not you know in the summertime, go a little bit fall or you know some springtime. You know, in terms of travel, one of the places in the wine business, to give you an example, I said that at Barlow Vineyards, which is Calistoga, and please feel, if you just drop my name, a Bar and Barlow up there, will take care of you. And- <laughs> i got go Again, we sell our grapes for, let's say, five to six thousand dollars a ton, maybe eight thousand dollars a ton because prices have gone up. But in Portugal, when you go to the Duero region of Portugal, these are vineyards that have been cut into the chalk, they've been there about 250 years. Beyond the port, which is in the town of Porto, which is absolutely fabulous, but if you start going up that trail from Porto then up to the Duero region, we had an absolutely fabulous dinner with amazing deep wines. Portugal has more variety. Than any other place in the world. And the reason is because they're on the ocean and they get all these, you know, birds and seeds and stuff coming up and they do that nature thing and they turn out to be varietal grapes for, you know, for grapes. But they have some varietals that are, you know, as good or better than most Cabernets. And these guys are buying the grapes for about $100 a ton. So the combination of the, the taste and the value is just off the charts. And I, you know, many times if I'm in a restaurant, particularly again, sort of steak or Italian or so on and so forth, yeah. I, Try some Portuguese wines. You're going to first off the value is going to blow you away, and then yeah. secondarily, you know, in Spain where she's going, so Tempranillo is the is the equivalent of Cabernet Sauvignon in, in northern part of Spain, and the same thing in Portugal, except because they're Portuguese, they don't call it Tempranillo. Okay, don't ask me why. The Portuguese and the Spanish haven't gotten along for 1,500 years. Yeah, uh, I, I find any of the you know a fifty dollar forty at a restaurant is yeah. about the most you'll ever pay, and if you have it, if you're the restaurant that does have Portuguese these wines then ask the you know ask the server ask if they have a sommelier that'd be great but many places don't but you know waiters today can't make a living without knowing their wines and the wine I, yeah, I haven't just yeah. given that in terms of a trip it's a fabulous trip flying to lisbon move your way up valley okay uh, last, time, last time we were there we did a, a balloon ride over the grapes uh, the, excuse me the cork trees they, they're, they're the largest source of cork in the world okay fantastic then go wine tasting then have portuguese you know real portuguese food can't uh recommend it enough Doug.
0: Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, listen, all I can say is road trip, Toby. So you and I are going yeah. to take buy, hold, sell on the road and visit a few of these wineries. We'll bring Veronica and Monique as well. So it'll be yeah. fantastic. So no doubt, no doubt about that. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank everybody for spending their Labor Day holiday with us for the buy, hold, sell Labor Day special about wine and investing. We do hope that you enjoyed this. Uh, please leave us a comment, send us an email, let us know what you think. We'll be thinking about other specials coming out, coming up down the line. We also have a big event that's being planned at the Willard Hotel in Washington, DC in November. Perhaps Woo-hoo! we can have a few of these wineries visit us as well. So that's something we'll get into later on in other shows. Plus, Toby and I will be back for BHS Live uh, very soon. We're actually all three of us with Veronica. We're gonna be back in studio uh coming up in September, and uh and we have some live shows that are coming up. So a lot of exciting things are happening with the show, and we uh, we do hope that you uh you stay with us and be a part of it as well. So on behalf of Tobin Smith and Monique Soltani, I'm Todd Schoenberger. Have a great and safe Labor Day weekend. Take care. Woo-hoo! Cheers.